0: Okay, so what we're going to do is we're going to leave from here. We're going to go to the edge of the Athabasca Glacier, and then we'll put the crampons on and work our way up a kilometer or so on the ice. It's quite an interesting place. There's lots to see. Did you bring your cameras? Did you bring lots of film? Do you know what film is? Yes. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) When I started this business in 1985, we used a lot of film. Not so much anymore Mm -hmm. when we go on the ice most of the time it's quite safe you can see where the dangers lie but there's times there's places it's more dangerous so if you don't mind once we leave the car park i will stay in front okay better to let the guide fall in the crevasse now if you should fall in try to go in head first because i want the boots (laughs) that's how we get all the boots
1: According to Wikipedia, the Athabasca Glacier is one of the six principal toes of the Columbia Ice Field in the Canadian Rockies. It is 900 feet thick in places, but this glacier has been shrinking at a rate of about 16 feet per year, and in the past 125 years has receded almost a mile losing over half of its volume
2: well that's according to wikipedia but we're going to find out from from, from the expert from the expert here and i've always wanted to walk on a glacier and alan has hiked a a swiss glacier many years ago and i had to catch up so for this bar radio episode we found a glacier near the upper west side in alberta canada (laughs)
1: Yeah, it was about the closest we could find. We could have gone to Montana. We could have. I think, but I, I'm glad we went here.
2: Well, we wanted to go to Banff, too, Yeah, anyway. we want yeah. to go to Banff yeah. and, and Jasper. So here it is in the Columbia Icefield, and earlier today, we took a walk on the Athabasca Glacier in Banff National Park. Now we are about 100 kilometers north of that walk uh, at the Jasper Park Lodge yeah. to here talk with Glacier Guide. Now, Peter, is it Lemieux? It's Lemieux. Lemieux. That's Mieux. right. Lemieux. Le Very close. Peter Lemieux. And so, as visitors to Jasper Park Lodge gather here in the Emerald Lounge, here we go! ( utilization)
1: There's our Bop Bop from Wade That's Ripka. That's uh,
2: Wade Ripka, a good friend of ours, music. Um, and it's a Russian uh, uh, music.
1: From the Soviet Union from the 1960s, 70s. Yeah. Wow. Yes. Yeah.
0: In the Canadian Rockies.
2: Well, Yeah. yes. Now, yeah, he's, he's it's everywhere. We,
1: we've, we've he's listening to us all over the world. We've I introduced uh, Wade Ripka's Blockheads to Western Canada. Yes. We'll, we'll, we'll have to let him know that. Peter yeah. Lemoo. Lemieux, 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 Lemieux. 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 you're close, Lemieux. Lemieux, okay, Peter Lemieux has spent a large part of his life in the Canadian Rockies. After working for Parks Canada as a guide, he founded Ice Walks to share his love and amazement of the enormous landscape of the Columbia ice fields of the Western Rockies. With over 30 years of experience on the Athabasca Glacier, Peter is the unofficial authority of this incredible natural wonder, and we want to welcome Peter Lemieux to Bar Crawl Radio.
0: Thank you so much. And,
1: and we had a terrific time walking with you.
2: Yes.
0: Well, you weren't yes. so bad yourselves.
2: Oh, we were just hanging out. You were so informative and so and friendly. And so entertaining. And so entertaining. Well, you Absolutely. know,
0: after all these years, it's still fun. Good. Uh, partly because of the glacier, but partly because, a large extent, because of the people I get to meet. Yeah. So nice. I'm very lucky. And I will make one small correction yeah. that the Athabasca Glacier... Is in Jasper National Park.
1: In Jasper National Park. Oh, not Banff. Jasper National Park. Of course, of course. I know that. I I I wrote this before I came here.
0: (laughs) Well, that's okay. I'll let you off. But you know, most of your other figures are pretty close, so there's no. And and we're going to we're going to
1: take a look at them, uh, with you, um, uh, and 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 talk about our our walk. All right. That sounds great. But first of all,
2: this is a beautiful area. Have you always lived here, or did you come here? I know you've you've talked about having an earlier career at uh, at this place we're sitting at, right? You yeah, used to yeah. work
1: used to work here. I worked at the Jasper here
0: Park Lodge, right? In the '70s, uh-huh. as a room service waiter on a bicycle.
2: That's amazing. All right, now
0: why why did you have a bike? Why would you need a bicycle to do room service? Well, you might have noticed that the cabins around the lodge yeah. are where most people stay, right? And so, in those days, at least. We would deliver everything from ice to full meals uh, on a tray on a bicycle. Wait, a wait, wait, wait.
2: But wait, you wouldn't hold the tray while you were riding the bicycle. Oh, uh, yeah. You? Yeah, no the rule was way. if you were going to lose
0: it, you threw it because you didn't want to land in a pile of glass or <laughs> oh. cut, c- cutlery or china. <laughs> All right, That's so, so that, that was it. If you're going to
1: lose it, you threw it. Yeah, threw exactly. It. <laughs> Did you ever lose it? No,
0: I don't think I did, actually. Oh, wow. I was lucky.
2: That's dexterous. Well,
1: I noticed walking on the glacier, your balance seemed to be very good. Uh, so I'm not
0: so sure, but it's good enough, let's put it that way.
1: Okay. You're right. experienced. Right. I can't. I ride a bike all the time. I can't imagine riding a bike with a tray. No. No? I well, it was neither. very funny. And because
2: I used to hold trays a lot. Yeah. So
0: I got the job because uh, the personnel manager said, so, your resume says you race bikes. Can yeah. you fix bikes? <laughs> oh, there you go. <laughs> because they were always breaking down.
1: It's right, like, well, I mean. It was that job was, security. For we'll have to see if they still do that here. I I'm haven't seen it I'm not sure any. that they do. we we'll Yeah. Ask I'm not Greg. Sure. yeah. It's, we're going to be talking with Greg um, Lone. I think his last name is Lone. I'm okay. not sure. But he's, he's the, one of the managers here.
0: Yeah, I don't right. remember him from 1974.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll find out. So you have lived here most of your life?
0: I grew up in Montreal. I came to the Rockies in my early twenties, and I thought I would spend a year or two. But of course, those years turn into decades, and that was more than four decades ago. So.
2: And so, were you wadering and then on that, on the the ski slopes as well, or? Yeah, yeah, I
0: I taught skiing. I ski patrolled. I was, you know, your typical Eastern Canadian bum wanting to make the most of the Rockies, and. Uh, and you preferred it
1: out here. Rather than back east,
0: yeah, it's just a different lifestyle. Uh, I really like the mountains, yeah. you know, and uh, for things like why skiing, why would you?
1: It's gorgeous out here. Yeah. yeah,
0: yeah, it's one of those great places on earth, I think. So, so when you're when you're not um,
1: guiding over glaciers, people over glaciers, you're skiing.
0: Right? In the winters, I used to guide skiing all winter long. I'm kind of semi-retired right now, so I still do a little bit of guiding, but. Uh, Nowadays, my wife and I try to get out a little bit more. And okay, so appreciate you, them.
1: you started guiding uh, um, glacier guiding um, what 35 thirty five years, some years ago? I heard thirty five years ago from one of your. Yeah, I
0: began working with Parks Canada, the National Park Service, in the late seventies, and uh, then in the early eighties, did we did similar hikes to what I do now, and in the mid eighties, I started the business, and uh, it started very small, just one and two guides and uh, over the years it's grown a little bit but uh, it's a fantastic opportunity to to share with people one of these great places on earth. Right. And it's always been the Athabasca uh, glacier? That it has you... it's the that's easily the most accessible glacier around here if you look at uh, an air photo of the Columbia ice field many of the glaciers that come off it are quite remote and Many, some of them, almost nobody ever gets to. Are, you know, you, were, yeah, go on, i Really, I'm sorry, really sure. isolated.
1: Yeah. You talk about the Columbia Ice Field. Um, our listeners don't know
0: what that is. Uh, could you, can you describe what the ice field is as opposed to the glacier? So if you imagine a high alpine lake with a series of streams <laughs> flowing out of it, the lake would be the ice field. And only in this case, the, the lake is like, 20 kilometers or 12 miles or so across, 8 or 10 miles wide, and it feeds a number of major outlet glaciers. So they drain the ice from the ice field. Right.
1: That's a
2: great analogy. You used that with us earlier, and that made perfect sense, the difference between the ice field and the glaciers. So the glaciers are are flowing. That's right. There's more
0: flow. uh, They're basically draining the ice field.
1: Off, off the Got ice it. fields. Mm-hmm. Right, right, right. Um, the, the other thing that I, it, w- it was hard to take in, and there's no way really describing it unless you go there and you come to this place, is the enormity of the ice fields, which we never saw, but the enormity of the glacier, which, I mean, we, we thought we were like just a few, you know, a few yards away, and it was enormous. We had to walk for a long time yep. to get to Before it because it's so there. huge.
0: It blows people away and you know part of it is just the scale of things part of it is the clarity to the air around here we don't have a lot of pollution upwind and uh, it's quite dry so you don't get a lot you don't get as many hazy days around here so everything tends to look really close it does it
1: looks close yeah it it was it was amazing and you, you kept pointing that out I thought that was that was very helpful to get a sense of where you were.
0: I keep trying to beat it into you. <laughs> <laughs> I think I was getting it. <laughs> Good.
2: So you're a certified member of the Association of Canadian Mounted Guides.
0: Mountain mountain Guides.
2: Mountain Guides. Yep. Yeah. Yes. And what's required to become a glacier guide?
0: Well, most of the guides I work with, we are ski guides. And uh, we lead people across the mountains, across the glaciers in the winter. And uh, for many years, there was no real classification for summer work like this. So they made a classification for us, oh, I think. Very you very nice. We are basically on the same kind of terrain that we would be on in the winter, uh, just without the snow. But we have the same hazards. There are hidden crevasses uh, or open crevasses, as you saw today, the mill wells and uh, moulins.
2: And your way of approaching the, the um, crevasses, um, is that something that you mapped out, or was there already some kind of protocol about how to walk on a glacier and how to be careful?
0: Uh, I would say a lot of it is just personal experience. You know, there are obviously safer and more dangerous ways to approach these things. I like I, I joke that I only like to lose one person at a time, you know. So <laughs> you didn't we always lose go, anyone today. Do you know that? No, yeah. that's two days in a row. Wow, that's really good.
1: Good, good. Okay. I, I, I was a loss. Um, uh, it's it's enormously gorgeous out there, and you do a great job. And the, the glacier is constantly changing, and I'm um, I, I I could see you kind of like figuring out how we were going to going to walk, but. Before we talk about the kinds of specific things that we did out there in the Glacier today, what are glaciers?
2: For our listening audience. I mean, that's
1: pretty basic.
0: So anytime you get more snow falling than melting, the snow will collect, accumulate, compress into ice slowly over time. And then with gravity's help, it can begin to, and again, time, it begins to flow downhill. There are smaller patches of snow and ice in the Rockies, and what differentiates them from a glacier is they don't move. A glacier is moving ice, and that's evidenced by things like cracks in the ice. A crevasse would indicate that there's tension and the ice is flowing. So that's that's a glacier. And that's
2: what kind of defines it, the fact that it moves. That's right. It's a huge block of ice and snow that's moving. I mean, mean, it occurs to me even
1: glass kind of moves
0: too. Well, that's exactly it. You know, people don't realize that glass is, what do they call it? A Mm. super-cooled
1: liquid. Right, right, right,
2: yeah.
0: Right, and it it
1: moves very slow. Um, But the glacier also changes size, and this is something that you uh, emphasized in this um, trek up the glacier, the Athabasca. Uh, It does change size, and it's been changing size over decades and centuries, I guess. And you've emphasized the change in size. Can you tell us how it's changed
0: in size since you started so the analogy the analogy i use is your bank account it your bank size, account yeah. grows or shrinks according to two things how much you save and how much you spend and it's the same with a glacier depending on how much snow collects and how much ice melts away in the lower part that glacier will expand or retreat advance or retreat right most of the glaciers in the Canadian Rockies were advancing between, say, the early 1500s and the early 1900s. They reached a maximum. Uh, the Athabasca reached its maximum in about 1844. Since then, it's been spending. It's been retreating more rapidly than it advances each winter, right? right. And, so and it's, a,
1: it's an ebb and flow. And I, I, I do want to get to what I heard was one of the main messages of the walk uh, today up on the Athabasca, um, which has to do with climate change. And I'd, I'd like to get to that, because it seemed to me that was a major message that you were trying to get across to your group of, of 10.
0: I try not to use a stick well, and beat it into people.
1: Yeah, I think they should know. Do glaciers make sounds? Absolutely.
0: I couldn't yeah. I hear any. I mean, I heard the water. No, you didn't hear any today. And the, wa- the water gushing off of it, you could hear that. So the water is a big thing in the summer, yeah. for sure. In the winter, it's much quieter. But you will also hear things like distant avalanches, whether mm. those be ice or snow avalanches. In the summer, they would be ice avalanches. So that sounds a little bit like thunder. And like echoing around. Yeah, absolutely.
2: Is that the same thing as calving?
0: Well, calving is generally what we refer to uh, when glaciers break off into water.
2: Oh, okay.
0: Yeah. yeah. As opposed to avalanching on. Yeah.
1: And, and there's and been huge, huge calving that's going on in, in the world today. I started Oh, every it. once
0: in a while we see these images of like uh, giant icebergs right. breaking like off. Right, like the size right. of Manhattan. Yes, something. exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Right. There's some yeah. amazing stuff out there. Right.
1: Um, when they move, And they do move. We just talked about that. What do they do to the land underneath?
0: If you come to the Canadian Rockies, anywhere you look, the landscape has been shaped, or it's been modified by moving ice. We're in the middle of a broad, open valley here in Jasper. Right. And just imagine a kilometer or more of ice coming through here during the last ice age. And the weight, the pressure on the underlying bedrock, the ice moves through, it will grind away and make the valleys broader. What might have started as a V-shaped valley formed by say a a creek or water or a river uh, gets broadened and flattened. The sides tend to be a little bit steeper but the main valley is quite flat. Mm -hmm. And you know they're, they're bulldozers in effect. They move rubble around. They also transport material on their surfaces. Uh, a really interesting example around here. Whistler Mountain near Jasper, just on the outskirts of Jasper, has a tram that goes to the top. If you climb to the the very summit of that mountain, you'll find giant boulders. And the rock in the boulders is different from the rock that it's lying on. Mm. Which means the ice has to have been that thick, like the valley would have been filled, and the top of Whistler Mountain would have been covered, and those rocks were rafted in.
2: Wow,
0: us. they were yeah. rafted in. Yeah, they, mm. they, they, they came in like surfers. It's
1: on a so hard to imagine. Surfboard. Yeah. You know? Yes, it is. Yeah. It is.
0: Well, Manhattan was formed by glaciers. I think so. And uh, yeah. I've yeah. heard that you'll find glacially carved uh, bedrock all yes. over in places, yes. and, and the sa- they all go in the same Park.
1: direction. Central yeah. Park, Riverside Park. Yes.
2: And the, and the um, Finger Lakes in, in uh, New York. Oh, really? Yeah. That were created yeah. by glaciers. It was all going to the and same part. same glacier, yeah. And,
1: and the, the, the toe of the glacier, the very front part of the glacier, is retreating, according to the research. I read 16 feet per year.
2: 15, 16. So
0: we talk about an average of about 10 meters, which would be 30 feet oh a year. Oh, my goodness. But you're so in the ballpark. Now, a lot of the the numbers that get thrown around change. Yeah, you know, uh, previously the glacier would have, would have been moving faster. Uh, I always say that it moves about 15 meters ahead each year in the the toe area, the lower area. It would move faster up where it's steeper and thicker. Uh, I've heard recently that those numbers we may have to adjust downwards, and it, you, you get new information.
2: So is it in the upper? part of the glaciers because of the weight and gravity that makes it move faster it's like a river
0: you know or a stream anywhere it's steeper Mm -hmm. it's going to go faster we're going over a waterfall so the upper ice falls on the glacier we used to say it moves about a foot a day Mm. 127 meters a year through that area but those are numbers that were Mm -hmm. measured in the 60s and it may be slower now
2: but then that's the the movement that's is that, does that have to do with the melting rate? That's something different.
0: Well, you've got your, the ice is continually flowing. Right. But as it comes down to the lower regions, they're warmer. And so it's melting more down there. Okay. As you climb, you're getting into cooler and cooler regions. So there tends to be less melt higher up, but the, and there also tends to be more snowfall, more rainfall.
2: Can we lose our glaciers?
0: We sure can.
2: And do you have any sense of how, what the timing might be? Does anybody have any?
0: I'm very reluctant to throw out a number, but I'd be surprised if they were still here in a hundred years. Mm. You know, the rate seems to be accelerating. the The lower the toe of the glacier, or the snout, is at a very shallow angle now. And when you lose a meter, or five or six meters off the surface, then that translates into big retreat.
2: Yeah, you showed in terms us of length. You showed us some in the depth of it, yeah. just a dramatic. What was it? Fifteen meters? Thirteen meters?
0: So yeah, we lose between five and eight meters eight off meters. the surface. So think of a meter as a yard, close enough.
1: You in know, a year. You know, yeah.
2: Just that's amazing. Yeah.
0: So
1: hundred years, we don't we we don't have glaciers anymore. And I mean, the thing that I think it's hard to get across to our listeners is the enormous size and the enormous amount of material, water and other stuff that it holds is just enormous. So
2: so what? What's? why is it important then that we study glaciers?
0: So one of the things about the Columbia, or the Athabasca Glacier and the Columbia Ice Field, its snows and ice feed rivers that flow to three different oceans. They go right across the continent. And if you look at a map of Western Canada or Western North America, you know many of these cities, the major cities, are on the banks of rivers, and many of those rivers originated in places like this. And as I said today, it's not that we're gonna lose the rivers, but what you will see is that the peak flow during late summer, when everything else is drying up, is gonna diminish. So we're gonna see changes because many of these rivers flow across the Canadian prairies, which we talk about as the bread basket of our country. So and this might uh,
2: affect food production, then Absolutely. Words. It
0: has impl- implications for all kinds of elements of society. If you look at the Himalayas or the Alps, you know, uh, millions of people rely on water, and part of that water comes from glaciers. Yeah.
1: So.
0: And, and, if, and if it they're changes. not there,
1: they wouldn't be, the water wouldn't be there?
0: I mean, well, the water will be there because there is rainfall and snowmelt. Right. But what we have in a glacier is a very effective reservoir that's storing the water for those hot, dry summers. Right. This year we've had a cool, wet, rainy summer. There may be a little bit less melting, but then it's being saved for other summers when it's really warm. Right. And you know, well, you only have to talk to the people in Cape Town, South Africa, where there's a serious shortage of water. Didn't we have South Africans on the tour? We did. We did. Yeah. Uh, I'm not sure if they were with our group, but yeah, we had a bunch from South Africa this no. morning. You know, And uh, so they're they're being affected by water loss, and the whole world absolutely. is absolutely Israel, by that. Uh, the Middle East, various parts of I the bet. Middle East, right. and uh, certainly uh, Western North America. And, and you said
1: something very interesting. You can you can live for a long time without oil, but only what several days without <laughs> three water three days yeah. three days right? yeah you yeah. then yeah. you're it's dead we can
0: live longer without oil yeah. than without water
1: yeah yeah so. and yeah, we're kind of move, moving around to that realization hopefully
2: so here's my question we know that um, that the climate change is affecting the glaciers and in, in turn does it do the glaciers does the melting of the glaciers affect climate change
0: absolutely How yeah so? and that's quite interesting yeah you know uh, so the Columbia Ice Field up, up above on the plateau mm. is anywhere from 300 meters thick to maybe only a few meters thick. I had a crew up there from the University of Toronto years ago. They figured it was maybe 60 meters in a few of these spots where we were s- doing soundings. And if you're losing a few meters a year, let's say you're only losing two meters a year. In 30 meters, you're down to bare rock in certain areas. If you have an area of exposed bare rock, that rock is going to warm up a whole lot quicker than the surrounding ice. And so that accelerates the melting. And it heats up the earth even more. Yeah. And this is what we're seeing in the polar regions, especially the the Arctic, where we are replacing sea ice, which is white or gray, uh, with open water that's a deep blue and that's really absorb much more heat which in turn heats up yeah and this is why we're seeing such major changes in the polar regions
1: and i imagine there's a point of no return in which um, snow replenishment is not going to be enough to stop the melting and then there's a fall off of everything that's
0: the 64 Mm dollars question
1: yeah yeah Mm -hmm. like when 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 is when is that point of no return happen Yep. it
0: might be prudent to act sooner rather
1: than later, later. right
2: yeah. or before this even
1: one of the messages that you presented in the in the as you were guiding us up the glacier and that was some walk by the way and we've got to thank you for stopping every once in a while because because <laughs> it was <laughs> I like to we, make we, sure you're all fit you know? we, bo- yeah, we right. both
2: were talking to each other afterwards and i was saying i, I didn't want to say anything because i didn't want to be the wimp on the
0: yeah, walk I certainly want to be. I not
2: want to be the. And said, I was feeling the same thing. Well,
0: you hit it very well. <laughs> I never would have guessed.
1: Uh. Wow. Yeah, and you and you do this like every day. It keeps me off the streets. Oh wow. Yeah. Uh, it's 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 a major walk, but it's certainly certainly worth worth I, I wanted to stick to the um, talking about um, climate change right, a little right, bit right. since we yeah. since since are on. Since we're, on we're it. there, yeah. Um, some some people have intimated even on the walk. when when we're going up we're talking to people that it may not be you know us people that are creating this our use of fossil fuels and all that it's just a it's part of the cycle cycle. of of nature sure we heat up we cool down we heat up we cool down you seem to think otherwise
0: and that's what we call selective truth telling Mm -hmm. Uh, the deniers are quick to point out that glaciers come and glaciers go and the climate changes. And that's not wrong, but again, it's very selective. If you try to figure out, or if you try to explain what we're seeing now, it's virtually impossible if you don't factor in the human impacts on climate change. There's
2: nothing in that climate history that would indicate this extreme.
0: If you look at the last three quarters of a million years, uh, ice cores from the Antarctic, Uh, show that there was, that levels of CO2 remained within a fairly narrow range for that entire period until you approach the start of the Industrial Revolution. Since then, we're now in the process of doubling those levels of CO2, and the physics is pretty clear and it's pretty simple. If you increase levels of CO2, then you will increase temperature. And so it's kind of a big experiment right, yeah. that we're conducting. Yeah. yeah,
1: that was an interesting way that you put on it. This becomes an experiment, which may lead to the decimation of humankind. But it's an experiment, and, and,
2: then, diminishing. and then the
0: cockroaches will know the answer. Well, yeah, but uh, you know, my question is, okay, who wins and who loses in this, all this? We in the first world, we're pretty well situated to weather a lot of this. Uh, unless you have, you know... Beachfront property in low-lying areas. It's probably like
2: still going to be pretty miserable, but yeah, I get where yeah. you going. It's the third world you know, country that's. There are, that are many
0: are people who are living right on the edge, yeah. both literally and figuratively, yes, yes, and right. those are the ones who pay. Have right. you ever had a politician
1: come in uh, one of one of, the, one of the local? Oh, I've poli- wanted to. <laughs> yeah, I bet. I heard you refer to that. Yeah, um, there was a lot of water coming off of the um, the glacier. Is that normal this time of year, or does it look like more than? I mean, there's enormous amounts of water just flowing off of this glacier.
0: Yep. And that gives you an idea where the rivers come at this time of the year. Yeah. You know, yeah. come from. Um, I wouldn't say that was unusual today. Okay. It was gorgeous.
1: I mean, the sound of it and the blue and the, yeah. the clarity the water. It's a pretty special water. place, it isn't it? It is not it right? Yeah. Yes. And you it has little secret places. Huge that you crevices. Go and, yeah. You know. I always
2: and,
0: and say, you know, do you like my office? Yeah. <laughs> it's amazing. I'm it's very, fun. very lucky. Peter
2: says, you want to see something else special? And he takes the whole gang over to (laughs) another spot. And we're looking at Oh, my gosh. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, it blows people away. Because it's
0: outside of most people's experience. Yes. Well, you've been doing this for a long time. It must get tiring. Well, you know, there may be days when I go down and I think, I don't really want to do this. Yeah. But, frankly, there's always very cool people. Very... Curious people, and frankly, very intelligent people, who are interested in learning about it. So, I, I'm like, it's like being a teacher with a really curious class. Right. You yeah. know, it jazzes everybody. Yeah. And one of the fellows, yeah. the fellow from uh, Manhattan today, with his wife and two kids. You know, he said, "It doesn't seem like you've been doing this for thirty years." No. And it's like every every day is different, That's and true. people are
2: different. That's a good point. You know. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. The,
1: this, the, the beautiful, these are beautiful, beautiful places. I mean, um, and they're they're wonderful to, to walk on. What what particular aspect? And I said I was going to ask you this when we were walking. What particular aspect <laughs> of walking on the glacier do you enjoy? Do you go back to and say, yeah, I, you know, my last thought. I want it to be about that.
0: Maybe the variety. Mm. The glacier. The ice is always changing. You know, and I today mentioned one place that I really liked, going into the, the head of the lower glacier where it's very rough. Excuse me. <coughs> uh, but it's always changing, and every once in a while, I think back to all the very interesting features that I've seen over the years, and like the the number of features is mind-boggling, and it's always different. You just saw something today you'd never seen before. Yeah, there was this icicle inside. Must've been fifteen feet feet long. Yeah, it was phenomenal, and I'm dying to get back there with a camera before it goes, because that kind of stuff is so ephemeral. It'll last a few days and then it'll be gone. Right.
2: So what is it? Can you would you go on the ice one day, and you know you walk a certain path to go here, and you walk over there, and you come and you and you see that it's changed and you can no longer go that way or it's just does that happen
0: yeah there's more of an evolution
2: Mm. so you see a
0: revolution you know it's slowly changing day to day Mm. i went i might go away for a week and then i'll come back and i'll think oh the arch that was there is gone is gone you know uh all of these things they come and they go and as we talked earlier about you know, how much ice we lose each year, if you lose meters each year, then those features are gone within a month or two. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh,
2: I forgot what I was gonna ask, so,
0: if so go ahead. ahead. Yeah. So I can go ahead, okay, okay.
2: All right, so I had uh, nightmares last night, i um, confess. She couldn't I'll confess, sleep. I couldn't sleep, I was worrying about different things, but from 1 a.m. on, I couldn't sleep, and I was thinking, in my dream, we were all tied together with ropes and one of us fell into a crevasse, and then we were that, that we were being all of us were being pulled in to the crevasse. so me. I, at one point I think I, you were saying come and look at this and I said I'm afraid
0: what could possibly go wrong Remi- but so
2: do things go wrong
0: reminds me of that uh, old Walt Disney film The Third Man on the Mountain oh yeah about an ascent on the Matterhorn you know. do things go wrong uh, not with our guests. Not with you. Because not with we your keep group. things under control. Yeah, things go really sideways sometimes with people who wander out there. And uh, have you heard of any accidents? Oh, there have been a number of accidents. There's been a number of fatalities. Oh. You know, and the real well, and the tragic part yeah. is that they're kids. Some of them are kids. Oh. You know, so it looks innocuous. And you you, you didn't see anybody today, but. Yesterday, for instance, we saw, like, 50 people wandering around. Oh, my. And it's like, it's like... It must
2: make people. you feel nervous inside.
0: Well, yeah, it does, really. Uh, and because we're up there so much, we've gotten involved in some of these rescues.
2: I would think that they would call upon you.
0: Well, we're right there. Yeah. You know, so that's, that's a little disturbing. Of course. But, uh, and the interesting thing is that these people are not stupid, you know? People who come here, like generally, they're s- they've got some smarts, mm-hmm. but it's outside your experience. Yeah. And uh, you know, I would feel nervous walking around Manhattan, parts of Manhattan, because yeah. <laughs> I don't know my way around. Yeah. You yeah, do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, whereas up there, I'm quite comfortable. But it can change, and the weather conditions, the ice conditions, can change.
1: And
2: you know what to look for. And
0: I know what to look
1: for. Yeah. yeah. So it can be really, really dangerous. So there. it can
0: be well. It can be fatal all right
1: that's, that's pretty dangerous yeah yeah so
0: yeah. and it's not it's not often that that happens but it, it happens
2: do people go into the glacial caves
0: they do they do yeah and
2: how is and how dangerous is that
0: yeah, it depends on the cave you know but they're inherently unstable you know? and so at some point sometimes they collapse
2: do you have a, a warning if that happens not you know? necessarily, not necessarily. No. Wow.
0: and it hasn't happened here it's happened in New Zealand people wandered into these gla- glacial caves you know. Mm. but it's it's like you know random wolf attacks uh, gl- which happened in Banff attack. last week you know that's no. almost unheard of
2: yeah I always thought the wolf's got a bad rap yeah, in fact. yeah
0: and you know this it turned out to be an old wolf oh. and so it was weaker and obviously opportunistic mm. but you think there's there's no reason why it wouldn't do that and you go into an ice cave and yeah it probably won't collapse but there's no reason that it shouldn't collapse at some point
2: right so and it will collapse at some point because it always changes right and
0: and I guess as I get older I begin to realize that you know when mother nature goes sideways sometimes she goes sideways way beyond what we're anticipating so you as as an older guide you tend to become more conservative for a reason.
2: Yeah, especially I would think as it starts to really, you know, drain of its water, and, and you know, something, some, some really bad collapses could start happening. Well,
0: yes, as with the retreat of the glaciers in the Rockies, we're seeing uh, instabilities in certain areas. You know, and it's you don't like to be over, over dramatic. But yeah, it's changing. It's always changing. And, and it g- it's
1: possible it's going to be changing faster. Yeah. Over the decades yeah. to come, yeah, most likely, yeah, I would say, right, and and you're aware of that, and you're taking precautions because of that. Yeah, uh, you you chopped into some of the ice, uh, and kind of gave us some of the ice. To yeah, do you have out. that piece that I gave you? Uh, it is it is in my pocket right now. I <laughs> hope it's
0: in that drink that you're drinking.
1: <laughs> it was gorgeous. I really wanted to take it was, yeah, some. That's pretty of that neat, ice. isn't it? It was pretty. It was absolutely clear. Little air bubbles in it. Yep. I held it up to the sun. It was. It was like sparkling like a diamond. It's very cool. Right. And this is old air that's caught inside it. Um, you, you, you were going to say something about the air. I thought you uh, didn't get to it in your talk about the importance of the release of this air. As I think part I of made
0: some flippant remark about politicians being able to read the story in the air. In the air. Okay. But, uh, yeah, the wow. old air... Is a sample of what the atmosphere used to be like, right? And uh, that is how researchers look into past climates. The very the, the composition of the atmosphere fluctuates over time. Right. And we can and learn
1: about it, yeah, through the air inside glacial ice. Exactly.
2: Well, they take those um, core samples. That's right? it, right? And they yeah. They there's one at the Natural History Museum in New York. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Huh. It's, it's in oh, cool. Too. Yeah, and so you can look at it, and yeah. it has, and it has, you know, little, um, what do you call it? Striations. The legends, the information. Bands uh, band. within the
0: variations. But then it tells
2: instance. you where, what year it was and what's going yeah. on there. Yeah. It's, so what's life like in, in, uh, in this area? I know you don't live in Jasper, but... Uh, um, I live in Is it like living around here and...
0: It's not Manhattan. It's so, it's great. It's being loved to death.
2: Hmm. What does that mean?
0: All of these places have become increasingly popular.
2: Oh, us people coming. Yes. Yeah. It's like the Galapagos here. Yeah. Yeah. Everywhere,
0: and it seems to be tourism in general. It's like it's. What
2: they, is a new name for it? Eco tourism or okay. um, something like that? People who want to go to these you know wonderful great geological formations and
1: and the people sure. that you meet are really appreciative of what you're doing At I least think today the so. they seem to be I think so yep. yeah
0: and that's great that's really good but it's it's a great place to live and I can't deny that but it gets very very busy now it gets very busy much of the year it used to be business. there was it used to be that there was a distinctive summer season, the spring and the fall were quiet, a distinctive winter season, you know, and then early and late winter were quiet. But now it's But all it's the it's time. increasingly busy anywhere. And when I think about going to places, you know, I'd like to see Venice. And what I read about Venice is that it's like a city that's only it only has tourists. Yeah. You know? And, and we were like at Lake Louise and
1: it was like just packed with people like us. I
0: can't remember the last time I went to the lake. For that because reason. Because it's too busy.
2: It's too busy. Yeah. yeah.
0: It's why I don't go
1: to Times Square.
2: Oh, we don't yeah. go to any place. It's, it's yeah. totally exactly. overrun yeah. by tourists. Yeah. yeah. It used to be kind so of a funky
1: place, but it, it yeah. isn't yeah. anymore. Yeah. 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 Can I ask my question now?
2: I was gonna ask oh, another okay. question though. Okay. But I forgot. So <laughs> Yeah. Go ahead. Um, You're allowed.
1: Okay. Is, is there something we're missing here? Is there something we should know about the glaciers that we've not asked because we're blindsided by our oh, own ignorance? Well, I don't
0: know. I think you've been covering quite a bit. Okay, yeah. And, okay, having just talked about, you know, the numbers of people who come here, yeah. now I'm going to go the exact opposite way and say, come before mm. they disappear.
2: Well, that's why we that's came. That's why we that's, And, yeah. that's and, we and this is
0: probably a big reason why many of our guests come, you know? And often I hear from them, that they say we wanted our kids. To, we wanted our kids to see this before they disappear. Yeah, and they are definitely disappearing.
2: Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. So, so that's why I'm really glad you came.
2: And we are too. And great, thank you. We had a wonderful, wonderful my pleasure time today. That was fun. Yeah, it is. It was fun. So we've been talking with Peter Linnik of Ice Walks Tours outside in. Jasper National Park in Western Canada. Thanks for telling us all about that magnificent ice formation. Come back. We will. I think we will. We've got to bring our grandson now, right?
1: Yeah, awesome. we got to bring
0: little little all Jackie right. here. He's too little. I didn't know you were old enough to have grandchildren.
1: Oh, yes. oh we're. Yeah. Oh, yes. thank, thank you very much <laughs> for, for 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 saying that. That's that's very sweet of you.
2: This is Bar Crawl Radio and we are recording at the Jasper Park Lodge just off the Icefields Parkway in Western Canada. With us is Greg Lowne. Is that right? That is correct. Okay. Director of Food and Beverage here at the Jasper Park Lodge. Greg, welcome to Bar Crawl Radio.
3: Thank you very much for having me. I appreciate yeah, it. Thanks for having and I'm, us. I'm, and
1: I'm having this IPA. Um, I don't even remember the name so of it. So
3: it's from. It's called the Rockhopper IPA. It's brewed right here in Jasper, in downtown Jasper at the Jasper Brew Pub. Nice. Great partners of ours. Um, it's so really it's, good. It's the only brewery in a national park in Canada. So very, we're very nice. Very
2: Very nice. Are I you a l- local Jasperian?
3: I am not. Those are actually difficult to come by. Um, I'm originally from Ontario, from just south of Detroit, in Windsor, Ontario. Okay. So it's the only place in Canada where you go north yes, to get to that's the right. to get to the U.S.
2: Because of the the peninsula. Exactly. There. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
3: Yep. So I've found my way. I started with Fairmont 15 years ago in Whistler. I've worked in Scotland and Mexico, and uh, and I've been here for oh, five and a half years now. Oh, here wow. In beautiful how fun. Jasper, Alberta.
2: Scotland and Mexico, how different that must have been.
3: Okay, Scotland in winter is about the coldest place I've ever been, and that's even considering it was minus 40 here more than a few times uh, this past winter. And wow. summer in Mexico is something to be experienced, it's not something. It's something your body has to acclimatize, to. It is not a. Uh, well, I'm a Floridian, so I kind of like... We, we vacation in Cabo. And, yeah. Uh, yep. Sometimes. What in, part of Mexico? Uh, Playa del Carmen in uh, the Fairmont Mayacoba.
2: Okay. All right.
3: Yeah.
1: So, um... Tell us about this place we're in.
2: What's the history? I, I, kind,
1: I kind of cha- I changed our background.
2: As I was coming okay. in here, I don't know if so you ever can see the
3: background here of your but, lake. Well, right that's there. exactly it. Yeah. I mean, we're we're not getting the best of it. We're we're here in the middle of the, the Rocky Mountains uh, in Canada. It's uh, a spectacular view behind us. Of course, the clouds aren't fully participating in this today. There's there's a few of the mountaintops tops are, are shaded, but. Um, Over my shoulder, you can see a little tiny piece, if you were to look closely, of the second best golf course in the entire country. All right. Um, You would look at this glacier-fed lake, and the unique thing about Lac Beauvert is that it's completely glacier-fed. So there's no tributaries or other rivers running into it. So if you were to walk down there to the water's edge, not only can you see the bottom right here at the edge, if you were to take a canoe, you can see the bottom almost throughout the entire lake because there's no glacial silt or, or no dust in the lake. So if you were out there paddling, uh, you could see the fish swimming by. You could see the loons We're going gonna have to Go take the boat. a look. Yeah, it's, it's spectacular. Yeah. And, and, I, and I guess the water tastes good. You could drink it. What you actually are.
2: Oh, wow. so no. we. This is glacial water. This
3: is right from the lake behind you. That's our source of drinking water. Of course, we have our own water treatment plant to make sure that it's all up to. That is standards. delicious. But that's, that's as good. clean and fresh a water as you can find. I want to tell you,
2: Greg, too. We have we are very high standards because Manhattan, New York City, has really good water.
1: Okay, we get it. We get it from the reservoirs upstate. Upstate,
2: yeah. I was it's say, okay, water. it must come from somewhere else. So, not, no, that yeah. doesn't come from the Hudson. <laughs> no. Doesn't come. Doesn't come from uh, the boroughs or whatever. Yes. Yeah, yeah.
3: This is good water, but it's as fresh and clean as you can imagine. Very nice. So we're very fortunate. So when
2: I came in here, when we came pulled in here with our car, we watched this TV show called Mrs. Myzel. Okay, and it, it takes place in the nineteen fifties in a big um, resort. That people come to every year. They have their, you know, they go to their same bungalows. They have the, the, you know, someone is assigned to them to help. You know, it's just, it's a kind of a, it was a very strange world. They do very silly things. Very much. So. Um, but it, this really reminds me of that. And then we were talking to um, Peter. No, H- Haley. Uh, Haley. Haley. Oh yes. Yeah, we were talking to Haley, and she was saying that um, someone remarked that it rem- or, or was talking about they. The, when it first opened in the nineteen fifties that it still you know has that. Well feel the dirty to dancing. It. Yeah, that's right. Someone yes, has said to her. Someone that it says that a lot people yeah. say that
3: a lot. I mean I think we have to go back a little bit farther. This is this is from a different era. This building that we're sitting in was constructed in nineteen fifty two only because this was the largest log structure in North America and it burned down in nineteen fifty one. Wow. And when people came here, they would come here from England, they would come here from all over the world um, they would take a steamer truck, a steamer ship across the Atlantic. Wow. They would take the, they would take the train all the way across the country to get here. So they would come for two and three weeks. They would pack their steamer trucks. They would pack trunks. They would pack everything with them.
2: And they would come every every year.
3: Some of them would come every year. Some of them would come periodically. Yeah. Um, but there was no other way to get here. So we had a fleet of cars on site that could take you to, uh, to out to Lake, uh, to Lake Edith or take you up to Mount Edith Cavell or take you to Tango Falls or to any of these different amazing spots around here. However, we couldn't drive you to Edmonton. There was no highway, there was no road. The only way to get here was by rail. Wow. So you wow. gotta consider how much of this was, place was built with people's hands and sweat and, and efforts. The golf course uh, was built over two years. They cleared all the rocks. Uh, and here in Jasper, there's no soil on the ground. It's it's very, very rocky. We're still very proximate to the to the mountains. So they bought a farm in Edmonton, stripped all of the soil from the farm, brought it by rail to, to Jasper, to the town of Jasper, brought it by horse and buggy from the town across the bridge onto the golf course, covered the whole golf course with eight inches of soil so they could grow the grass we have today. What year was this? And that was 1925, 1925, 1924 and 25. Wow. The, the lodge itself opened in 23 and the golf course came soon thereafter. So the amount of like blood, sweat and tears that went, the, the slope above Moline Canyon, where the original logs for this original structure came from, is still a clear spot today. A lot of locals like to hike up there, and, and it's it's much uh, younger tree, so you can still ski that slope. You just have to walk up there. Right.
1: And those those old logs were used to build the lodge. Yes. Right. right. Yeah. This area does look different. I mean, when we were driving up, you've no got question. a lot of land that you, um, you, you um, drive through to get here. Very much um, so. Very elegant looking, a lot of grass, and it's not like the rest of the area.
3: Um, it's, it um, kind of almost reminds me of the Northeast in a way. I mean, it has that verdant kind of. You mean here on the property? Yeah. Yes. Well, and yes. that's something that we're that we constantly try to curate. I mean, as much as this is uh, over 95 years old, this this property, um, it's. Catering to a different type of clientele, obviously, than we than you would have had coming on the steam train, uh, coming on the train uh, back in the 50s. So we're always working to get better, um, and infrastructure is a part of that, and then landscaping is another part of that. So we spend a lot of time and effort making sure that uh, it, that it looks up to the standard, that the, the outside grounds match the uh, the rest of it. Whether it's the, the floral uh, displays throughout the lobby here from our uh, from our own from florist own team and from the yeah. from the greenhouse, uh, the herbs that we grow for the bar. Um, it's
2: almost like farm to table then.
3: As much as we can yeah. because in a national park you can only grow species that are native. Uh, so we can make some microgreens in the, in the greenhouse. At the moment we can't grow any big crops of tomatoes because they're not locally la- not local. so right. we do what we can, but as much as we can, we really feature the products of Alberta, Alberta pork, Alberta beef. Um, Alberta beer. The similarities beer. Be- Alberta beer. the similarities between Alberta and Texas. Uh, being the oil province of Canada, right, um, the cattle uh, capital of Canada, right. this is a very much our uh, meat and potatoes uh, type of part of the country, right? right. Got and, it. And, and Becky's drinking a tonic, with that, the
2: and uh, the tonic water. The tonic is made by one of your. It's made
3: right here in house. Yes, yeah. right, and
2: it's really delicious. It
3: is. Well, I want to taste it again. I don't know what kind of drink of uh, jam that you ordered.
2: Well, I have a vodka tonic.
3: Oh, okay. It's kettle. we, so, we also partner with a, a distillery in Banff. So this is the only beer brewed in in the national park. This is the the only distillery. They make vodka, gin, and some maple rye, and a few other things called Park Distillery. Okay. Again, great partners of ours. Um, Really, even though they're in Banff, not uh, Jasper. Great fans of the lodge, and they made a bottle with a picture of the lodge on the uh, on one of their labels. So very
2: nice. So, what kind of amenities do you offer your your guests today?
3: We obviously have golf. I mean, if you look behind you out on the lake, you'll see people that are canoeing and kayaking and paddle boarding and all those types of things. Yep, just out there. You can see someone. Um, and, I mean, look out the window. You can go for a hike, a walk. There's so many things I to saw see horses. and do. There's, uh, there's stables on uh, on property in the summer, so you can certainly go horseback riding in and around the property, even as far as a four-hour uh, ride. Is it,
2: is it wild around here? Are there some wild patches? That there
3: definitely are, no question. Um, and... You can literally just walk out the back door and climb a mountain. I came across a colleague this morning on my way in who was limping rather awkwardly. And I'm, what, what did you do? And he said, I climbed Pyramid yesterday. Uh. So if you go outside and you see Pyramid, it and Cavell are the two most dramatic ones in the area. Um, and everyone has their own opinion on that front. But he was nearly broken but smiling ear to ear with the, with that conquest of climbing Pyramid Mountain.
1: Right, you're not that far from the Athabasca And Columbia Icefields. No question, you're you're only an hour
3: away. And on your way there, you can stop at some Wapta Falls, which is a really unique, uh, sort of a natural outcropping where it goes around a piece of water. So it's like a circular waterfall, which is really cool to see. The Athabasca Falls are even closer than that. So as you come up the Icefields Parkway, plan to, and I hope you took some of the time to stop. There's more pullouts than you'll ever want to use, but stop, take your pictures. Pato Lake is a small hike in the Bow Lake is the only one that can rival this lake in color uh, down closer to Banff and of course Lake Louise with that setting the hotel at the bottom of the lake the glacier above it's, it's there's just so many spectacular things to see here yeah and
1: just for our listeners uh, Greg said pull outs yes yes you didn't so, quite say it the way we say it okay what how, do we how, say? how would you call what do we say, Pullout. Oh, pull, oh, pull out? out a place where you pull out off off the side of the road
2: what's different did no, I say
3: way. it more oots or more A little more maybe. Canadian accent perhaps. No, that's good. I, I loved it. I just, just wanted to, want to point out. So. But, but I will caution you, please. Uh, there's no way we can stop them from doing it. But whenever someone sees a bear... And actually, a different story we'll tell you after. But we haven't seen a bear so, yet. But when people, st- we would like to see. A you bear will see bear. a bear jam first if you're going down the highway. We call them bear jams, and there'll be all kinds of cars pulled over at the side of the road, dangerously close to the animal in a lot of cases, oh. Oh. Um, and just walking around, getting out of the cars, going to take a look because they haven't had an opportunity to see it either. So, you will see the the tail in the distance and wonder what's going on, and then when you get up there, it's oh, it's just an elk. That's disappointing. Why are they all stopping? But. But for us, elk, uh, bears are not an everyday thing, obviously. Oh but, no! But elk and deer and coyotes and
1: nobody's like squirrels in
3: Manhattan. It, we, we have two different types of those too. So there's all I kinds saw the of squirrels. the black squirrels, squirrels yeah. Yep.
2: So you really have a, a, a wonderful feel. May, maybe wild. you know,
1: there's a bird. It's okay. A big bird. Oh. That's kind of like a blue-green sheeny black, thing. It's black, and green, and white. white. Magpie.
2: Magpie. That's a magpie. Yeah. Yes. Oh. and they make
3: a horrible sound horrible (laughs) it's not nice horrible sound Um, and believe it or not the huge blackbirds are not ravens they're just crows on steroids they're massive birds yeah so who who's here now who visits the lodge you kind of said you get people from all over the states uh do they come from all over the world no question from all over the world it's and it's it's almost two resorts winter and summer summer is very very busy it's very high occupancy and we see a lot of tour business from australia from from all over Asia, from the U.S., of course, and uh, and from Europe. In the winter, there's a lot of English traffic. There's a lot of skiers in England who don't have that opportunity. Mm. Um, they could go, obviously, to Switzerland or the Alps or anything, but a lot of them tend to come to visit us here in Canada. And and Jasper's a great place. As much as I came from Whistler, which is the biggest ski resort in Canada, rivaling the Aspens and the Vales uh, of the U.S., but here in Jasper, Marmot, Mar- 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 M- it's, it's certainly smaller, but it's got such varied terrain, and USA Today voted Jasper as one of the top 10 best ski uh, ski towns in all of uh, North America because of the town, the community, the feel. Nice. It's not a great big... Um, mountain. Well, it's not just a mountain, but it's not a huge town. It's not, a, mm. it's, not it's not bustling. It's not overrun. We'd love it to be busier. However, within our footprint, within the hotel rooms that we have, there's really no talk of expansion in Jasper. It's uh, it's about making the most of what we have and getting more people to experience it. Yeah. So we have, nice. you have hotel rooms, but you also have cabins? We do, so we have, uh, they're all hotel rooms, but there's 88 buildings throughout the property of all different shapes and sizes. Some of them all the way back as far as the 30s, um, and some of them from the 50s, and, and some of them newer. There's a, a group of, uh, of rooms just down the lake. The lakefront suites were built in the late 80s because in 1988, we opened for the first time in the winter this was only a summer resort. Oh my goodness. Again, you got to remember people are coming here from a long ways away. It's not that accessible. It's just the railroad. So once the road was opened in the the mid to late 50s um, from Edmonton across, this is literally Edmonton's backyard. So when you see people more in the winter than the summer because it's so busy in the summer, um, Edmontonians will talk about oh my grandmother got married here or we had our family union here ah. or my mother got married or it's this, the family yes. stories and the connection that Jasper has to Edmonton are remarkable. That's
2: how you're so rooted in the community too. Very much so. Yeah very nice. Yeah, yeah but
1: this, I'm, there must be some pushback this is kind of my last question I think that we can, okay. we can kind of finish up is that this was kind of a sleepy small mm-hmm. quiet town I guess Banff was like that at one time Lake Louise, like, and now it's become so popular. I mean, we were at Lake Louise, and it was so overrun by people. Um, I mean, the locals here must have some kind of like we wish it was like it was in the past. And
3: I mean, I'm sure there's some of those people, and there are definitely some, some older people in our community that moved here to work on the railroad in the 50s and 60s. There's certainly some of those, but so much of outside of the railroad, which is probably the largest, uh, the second largest industry in the in the area and the only reason jasper's here by the way the um, the the town of Jasper's completely dependent on tourism okay. so a lot of people all the restaurants the shopping they live and breathe and are part of this uh, It's the, the industry. representation yeah, that's the of the yeah. 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 so it's um, it's it's really why we have the ability to to live in this amazing place right 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 one quick note again the only reason jasper's here again you got a picture bigger picture we're talking about the 20s again um, all the trains stop here when they're going west. They stop here because they shorten them. They divide them up so that they're lighter so they can go over top of the mountains. Oh. <laughs> when they get from, from Vancouver, from the port, they take all these small small trains and they make these massive trains to go all the way across the prairies. Okay. So And here's this is, where they change the- This is where they come to go from to either getting shortened up on the trip uh, west or to get put back together to go for the trip east. Wow. So this is the last stop before they go over the Rocky Mountains. And that's why the town of Jasper was here.
1: Greg, you sound there like a bit go. of a historian.
3: You know, I wherever I go and, and wherever I work, I want to be a part of that community. So I try to take in the, the history, I try to take in the perspective. And when you're running an operation like this, yes, we need to meet the modern standards of today, But but knowing where it comes from, knowing the essence of it, knowing the the legacy that we're carrying forward—that has to be a, a part of your passion as well. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, you're just going to get too modern. You'll get to, you lose, uh, you lose out on some of the authenticity of what this place brings. Exactly. Yeah, and then and then you lose who you are and why people want to come here in the first place. And
2: you get to, you get, you give, a, have a better understanding of the people, the guests that you are getting. Exactly, and
3: I mean, nobody comes here to see me. Nobody cares about me. <laughs> but my passion to keep this place what it is, and, and to while I'm while I have my hand on the tailor, I want to make sure that people get a little piece of that history. Very nice. Well,
1: we usually um, uh, record out of um, Geppard's Beer Culture Bar on West 72nd Street in Upper West Side. We're a bit and, far and from that right now. We're a bit far mm-hmm. from
3: that, but they should be know about this beer. They really yeah. should. It's, you know? not, it's not in wide distribution. You can get it in, I believe, Alberta and British Columbia at the moment, but um, more to come. It's, it's well, a wonderful brewery, and they, they have actually five different breweries at the moment. You so
2: have to tell Matt.
3: Yeah, Matt Matt Geppard, the, the owner of uh, Geppard's. <laughs>
2: We want to thank Greg Lund for telling us about the Jasper Park Lodge, located in the town of Jasper in Western Canada. And also thanks to Hallie Sipma. Oh, wait. Really Sim, How, Hallie Hallie
1: Sipma? Hallie Hallie Sipma. Sipma. Thank you, Hallie Sipma. Thank mm-hmm. you.
2: Thank you, Hallie. Um, and Stephanie Hamilton for hosting BCR in the Emerald Lounge.
3: Thank you very much for coming to join us and, and to enjoy this uh, small slice of heaven that we get to go home Well, yes. I mean, it's wonderful that you just, you just kind of opened up your, your place and I know you're very busy and we, we really appreciate it.
1: Thank you very much for no, Not at all, thank you. And we're heading back to the city. That's New York City. We always call that the city. Uh, in a few days for a conversation on the Joan of Arc statue on West 93rd Street uh, in Riverside Park, that's in our Upper West Side neighborhood, with art historian Michelle Bogart of Stony Brook University and Higone, a scholar in the history of the history of art, and she teaches at Barnard College, and writer James Panero of the New Criterion Journal, and that's coming up.
2: But I wish we could stay here for a few I more know. days. I know, we had such a great
1: time on the uh, yeah. Athabasca... Um, the glacier. Meeting Peter and Greg, and it's beautiful here. It's it's, it's really gorgeous. And you can see in the background here, we've got a glacial lake. That's right there. I know. We don't have any glacial I lakes know. in Canada. Uh, but you
2: know what? <laughs> they're all booked. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> These places. I know. We couldn't get a room So completely here, booked. So, so, so put okay. your reservations in early. Plan ahead for next you year. We look forward on. to hosting
3: you. Yeah, Thank, really you. Really
1: Thank you. Great. Okay. All right. Walkway Radio comes back to Western Canada. There you go. And that's a wrap. Okay. <laughs>